Welcome back to the Break Rock Down podcast, where we dissect different subgenres of rock music. We have a really interesting episode today. This genre is one that I had no idea existed and really didn't know anything about until I started research for this episode. I saw this listed under subgenres of rock music and was quite curious what it could be. The song that you just heard is Ode to Harry by Switchblade Kittens, and that song epitomizes the genre we will be talking about today, wizard rock. My first thought was, it must be rock music mixed with sort of magical sound effects, like maybe it's a term for rock sounds that are very ethereal or mystical. Nope, I was wrong. The real answer to the mystery of wizard rock is actually quite simple. Take the main cast of characters from a very popular book and movie franchise and imagine that they probably like punk sounding music. Now create music from their perspective along this line of thinking. That's wizard rock in a nutshell. What popular movie franchise that has to do with wizards did you think of? If you said Harry Potter, you'd be correct. Wizard Rock, to put it simply, is Harry Potter fans making and listening to music inspired by the series. And when I say inspired by, this is not a subtle thing. The prominent bands are literally called Harry and the Potters and Draco and the Malfoys, for example. Intrigued? I was too. On a scale of 1 to 10, I was probably 9 and 3 quarters interested. Haha. <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's get serious. We're going to talk about what defines wizard rock, the history of wizard rock, identify and listen to some stylistic characteristics of the genre, in other words, pick out what it sounds like, and finally hear some stories about bands who have defined the genre. Before I get started, I want to let you know that you can find a Spotify playlist with the wizard rock songs you will hear today, and a couple of others linked in the episode notes. So what is wizard rock exactly? Let's come up with a solid definition. Wizard rock is a novelty rock music. It comes from and is entirely themed around the Harry Potter franchise. Bands have Harry Potter-themed names like Harry and the Potters, Draco and the Malfoys, and the Whomping Willows. They write songs from Harry Potter characters' perspectives, and during live performances they dress like, you guessed it, Harry Potter characters. Wizard rock is a very niche genre of music, probably the most easy to define genre we've talked about so far. That's because everything is influenced by the Harry Potter fandom. The song's meaning, the lyrics, band names, and outward appearance. And you know, they're not necessarily the first ones to do something like this. Led Zeppelin sprinkled Lord of the Rings references in their song, Ramble On. Just in the darkest depths of Mordor, I met a girl so fair. But Gollum, at the evil one, crept up and slipped away. And Jefferson Airplane's 1967 acid rock hit, White Rabbit, is totally inspired by Alice in Wonderland. One pill makes you larger 
chasing rabbits. Well, Wizard Rock didn't just magically appear. Let's talk about how the genre came to be. Let's get into a little bit of history. So in 2002, the wizard rock band Harry and the Potters formed in Massachusetts by two brothers who began playing under the persona of Harry Potter. They recorded their debut eponymous album in one weekend and quickly developed a cult following. Here's a funny story. They were playing a show at a library in Dorchester, Massachusetts, following the release of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth out of seven movies, when they noticed the children and the audience were singing along. The singer forgot the words to one of the songs and the kids were quick to say, you sang it wrong. They knew the exact order of their album and could tell when the band skipped a song. Think of all the rock bands that spent years toiling to build up a fan base. Let's check out a number from their debut album. This is actually their most popular song called Save Ginny Weasley. We've got to save Ginny Weasley from the basilisk. We've got to save the school from that unseen rock scene was hosted primarily in New England, and the venues most commonly used were, interestingly, libraries. I guess that checks out. So the song I played in the intro is called Ode to Harry, and it was released by the LA-based punk band Switchblade Kittens in 2006. I don't think I need to go into the plot of the Harry Potter movies. If you haven't seen them, I still think you'll be able to understand the story of this genre. The lyrics are written from the perspective of Harry's love interest, the aforementioned Ginny Weasley. There is no ambiguity about what this song is about. Listen to these lyrics. As Harry and the Potters and the Switchblade Kitten song increased the reach and popularity of Wizard Rock, additional bands came along that really solidified it as a genre. Draco and the Malfoys appeared, named after Harry's Hogwarts school rival, Draco Malfoy. There was also the Whomping Willows, named for a destructive tree in the movie. In 2007, a festival called Rockstock, Wizard Rockstock, obviously a play on Woodstock, occurred for the first time featuring a number of wizard rock bands like the Parcelmouths and the Mudbloods. It should be noted that MySpace, one of the OG social media platforms, played a huge role in building the community and spreading the songs of Wizard Rock. The last Harry Potter book was released in 2007, and the final movie debuted in 2011. So does that mean Wizard Rock ended? Actually, no. Rockstock ended in 2011, right around the same time MySpace fell into obscurity. But there is still a small but active wizard rock scene. 
2019 saw a brand new album from Harry and the Potters called Lumos, and in 2021, there were two online Wizard Rock music festivals, The Rock From Home and Owlfest. The Wizard Rock Bandcamp page shows that Wizard Rock is in fact alive and well. I've linked the Bandcamp page in the episode notes. Even though it's classified as rock, Wizard Rock has always included a multitude of different genres, from folk to heavy metal and everything in between. One such modern Wizard Rock band that just released new music on their Bandcamp page this year is Potterhead, a Wizard Rock trio hailing from Germany. Let's take a listen to Motorcycle Wizard. Even more recently, literally released a couple of days before this episode's release, the band Bisexual Harry released a compilation album titled How Weird Can You Get, which is described as the Wizard Rock community's response to the call How Weird Can You Get. Critics praised this album for its off-the-wall creativity and a tracklist that started off-kilter and became increasingly unhinged. Your best introduction to the modern Wizard Rock community and sound is through exploring the Bandcamp page link I mentioned, which you can find in the episode notes. I'd like to give a shout-out to the Facebook page Wizrocklopedia for providing me with this essential info on the modern Wizard Rock scene. I'll include a link to their page in the episode notes as well. I think, as with any franchise that sparks a cult following, There will always be fans, especially one where the universe is being expanded. Think of Disney's expansion of Star Wars. There are now tons of Star Wars fans that aren't limited to the initial releases. Think of Trekkies or Deadheads even. Harry Potter has been expanded into a theme park world, a spin-off movie franchise called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and Quidditch has become an actual competitive sport. And that's only what I'm aware of. I'm sure that as long as there are Harry Potter fans, there will be ears that crave some wizard rock. And you know what? Why not? I think Passion is a really rare emotion in our modern world. With so much exposure and input and things to draw our attention, I think it's really great when people find something they love so much that they're willing to put their heart and soul into it. I absolutely respect passion. So now let's figure out what those signature sounds of wizard rock are. Let's talk about stylistic characteristics. The defining characteristic of wizard rock is the lyrics. If you come across a rock song that is talking about basilisks or avada cadavras, that's a pretty strong case in favor of it being wizard rock. As the genre is more based around a theme, the bands can adopt a variety of sounds. For example, when Paul DeGeorge of Harry and the Potters was conceiving his idea of forming a wizard-themed band, he tried to think about what kind of music Harry Potter would identify with. Keep in mind, Harry Potter takes place pretty much throughout the 90s. DeGeorge said, I was struck by aspects of the book that were really anti-authoritarian. And Harry has a character fighting against that, and I thought, well, maybe Harry would be a good punk rocker. I definitely hear traces of the rawness of punk from songs like Harry Potter. Another example of the variety of sounds comes from wizard rock band Swish and Flick, who is known for taking on a synth-pop, hip-hop kind of vibe. This is like a Death Eater. (laughs) 
Myrtles, another wizard rock number, is known to utilize harmonies in their music. This is And Then I Died. One rainy day at Hogwarts school, I got new glasses and I thought they were cool. All important me passed by, I said don't I look fly? She said no, ugly Myrtle, you look more like a fool. I went to the bathroom on the second floor What was all of thinking now this is war So I started to bawl and ran into a stall And I heard a boy talking just outside of the door Get out of my bathroom, you're really creepy You're not a girl and you don't belong here I don't understand you Stop speaking in tongues, a pair of yellow eyes and then There's even a wizard rock metal band called Voldemort. This band hones its inspiration from the movie's dark creatures and themes. Not unlike most other metal bands, just a different world. As you heard, wizard rock isn't really limited to one sound. It is limited to one theme. It's an injection of a fantasy world into its performers' and listeners' realities. As is the case with literally every other genre, there are a few genuinely good bands, a lot of okayish bands, and a few unlistenable bands. DeGeorge has said, One of my favorite things that will happen is we'll play a club and after the show, we'll have bartenders or something come up to us and say, I don't give a damn about Harry Potter, but your show was awesome. And it's just because they can see that we're engaging people in a different way than most bands. I think they appreciate what we're doing as a concept rather than the subject matter. And it's a very interesting concept indeed. Now let's go over some of the bands that are essential to wizard rock. We're going to talk about Harry and the Potters, Draco and the Malfoys, and the Whomping Willows. We've talked about Harry and the Potters a good bit, but let's give a little more context. The band is primarily composed of brothers Joe and Paul DeGeorge. Since their formation in 2002, they've released four studio albums, five EPs, and one single. Their most recent release is 2019's Lumos, heard here. Sing another song Cook another trout something on your mind In their history, they've played over 900 shows, 
and raised over $100,000 for their literature-focused charity, the Harry Potter Alliance. This philanthropic project of theirs also provided healthcare to Haitians following the devastating 2010 earthquake. They've caught the attention of J.K. Rowling, author of the Harry Potter series, who said about them, it's incredible, it's humbling, and it's uplifting to see people going out there and doing that in the name of your character. To read a full interview about how Harry and the Potters came to be, check out their interview with Rolling Stone. I'll link it in the episode notes. On the heels of Harry and the Potters, Draco and the Malfoys were also an incredibly important act in the establishment of Wizard Rock. They sing from the perspective of Draco, Harry's school nemesis. They've released five studio albums, one EP, and have played over 200 shows at libraries, conventions, pizza shops, an indoor soccer arena, a cruise ship, and other venues. Brian Ross, who started the band when he was over 30, has been told by critics he was old enough to know better. He laughed the comment off proudly. He and his partner, Bradley Mellenbacher, frequently play alongside other Wizard Rock acts like Harry and the Potters, as well as on non-Wizard Rock projects of their own. What you've been hearing here is My Dad is Rich from their eponymous 2006 album. Finally, the Whomping Willows are a wizard rock band from Rhode Island who established themselves in 2005. It's the brainchild from Matt Maggiacomo, who was accompanied in live performances by guitarist Jay Ferguson and the two members of Draco and the Malfoys. Their most recent album, Revisionist History, which came out in 2021, was almost entirely funded by a crowdsourcing campaign that raised $8,000. The people love their wizard rock, even as recently as two years ago. Here's Wolfstar from that album. No, we really love you It ain't our place to judge you Your feelings get about it naturally There's no point in hiding So feel free to start confiding If you need a good friend You can count on me Supposedly, there are over 750 wizard rock bands in existence. If you want to peruse, I included a link from Wizardopedia listing all the bands in the episode notes. Also, I discovered that there's a documentary all about the musical acts inspired by the Harry Potter novels. It's called We Are Wizards. It's on YouTube and it's totally free. I've included a link to that as well in the episode notes. And like I said earlier, wizard rock is still going strong. There's a small but active community 
Check out the Bandcamp page I listed in the episode notes if you want to get into the modern wizard rock scene. In summary, wizard rock is a niche form of rock that came from the Harry Potter fandom, making music based on and inspired by the books and movies. It was pioneered by the punk-esque sounds of Harry and the Potters. It's not known particularly well outside of the Harry Potter fandom, and despite the end of releases of the movies and books, a small wizard rock community still exists to this day. I hope by now you have a solid understanding of wizard rock. If you like what you heard today and think you'd like to delve into wizard rock a little more, check out the sources I used for this podcast linked in the episode notes along with a Wizard Rock playlist containing the songs I played today and more. Thanks for listening to the Wizard Rock episode of the Break Rockdown podcast. Please feel free to connect with me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash breakrockdown, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at breakrockdown, and please feel free to write to me at breakrockdown at gmail.com. Let me know what rock genres you'd like to learn about. Rock history is my passion, and I hope this episode has opened your eyes to some interesting parts of the genre. You can always show your support by subscribing to the Break Rockdown podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Kate. I guess you can consider this mischief managed. Keep on wizard rockin'.